Hey, Journey to Truth podcast is brought to you by Omnia Radiation Balancer. If you have listened to our podcast with Tim Sanders, uh, he has created a solution. He has come up with a solution to negate the threat to our bodies from the uh, microwave waves, the EMF waves that we're bombarded with every day. So he has come up with a patch that is basically Nikola Tesla technology. He explains how he goes into it deep on a podcast, but uh, you go to the website and read about it too. It's a patch you put on your phone and it basically uh, dissipates all the harmful uh, radiation waves coming in. It creates a field around our body. And he's not just developing that, they're developing other technology that should be coming out soon. I don't know if we're at liberty to talk about it yet, but uh, it's really awesome stuff. And if you're interested in purchasing, uh, this is what they look like. It's a little patch you stick on the back of your phone. And uh, you just go to the website. The link is below. And uh, check it all out there. Um, so make sure you go do that. Check it out. Save yourself from all this harmful shit that we're bombarded with every day. Tonight we have on Anna Moltinen from Finland. She is a... Um, animal communicator, a holistic healer, a Reiki healer. She just recently wrote a book called Charlie and the Love Factory, which I just got in the mail yesterday. So we're super, I'm super excited to read this and uh, we'll let you explain more about it. I believe it's uh, basically a story about how your dog basically saved your life or tra transformed your, your life and you learn how to communicate with your dog. We'll let you tell a little more about that. So um, thank you for coming on. It's great to have you. Oh, thank you guys. It's so nice to be on. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just... Uh, <clears throat> we're going to have to edit this. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> I've, just, no, okay. I've, been, I've been so... Uh, we have literally been running the whole time. So anyway, um, do you just want to go ahead and tell us about this book and we'll get started with that. And, and since I know it just came out in English, correct? Did it come out before? before? Yeah, I, I actually, it came out in Finnish uh, in 2017. And I have a similar setup that I have a printed book and ebook in Finnish. And then I, I already had the idea that I want to do it also in English. I have been a uh, professional translator uh, also and then I thought okay maybe I can translate it myself and so I did that but it took a little bit of time <laughs> and now it was like a spurt to get it ready for Christmas and now I did it and so <laughs> I'm really happy yeah well, and now it's, it's uh, available as a printed book and ebook in English also so you translated all this yourself yeah, yeah, I had someone proofread it for me because I wasn't 100% sure if it's like uh, like it would be written by an English speaking person. So I had someone who is British, he agreed to proofread it for me and it, it really made it a lot better and now I think it's 100% like correct and, well, and it's nice. really great, yeah. 
Awesome. Definitely looking forward to reading it. Uh, Same. This is, you know, I just pick up on a vibe from it when I got it in the mail. Definitely some, you can tell the love that was poured into it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really my, like, uh, life's work, I would say. Yeah. That's amazing. Nice. Uh, so tell us about it. how did you discover that you could communicate with animals? Uh, that's fascinating um, to me. I know, I know we've I've read about it before, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, it was kind of, if you believe in accidents, I don't believe in coincidences or accidents. It's like divine intervention, I think. But but yeah, a friend of mine wanted to go to an animal communication class and I actually hadn't heard about it. And I was just like, okay, something to do with animals. Okay, I'll come. And then it ended up being that she couldn't actually attend. And then I went on my own. And there's this uh, famous animal communicator in Finland called Maikku, Maikku Kostiainen. And she's also uh, traveling around the world and communicating with animals and doing all kinds of things. And, and then uh, she ha had this class and I went and yeah, it was really strange because we did some exercises there and then I was like all the time thinking that this is crazy. This is nuts. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know if I believe this, like, like this is so nuts. And, but then when we did the exercises and then everyone got a picture of an animal and then you just started writing down what you get from the animal and then i i got like a like a malamute or husky type dog and i was uh, writing down what i got and and i was uh, getting that that this dog would like to try someday to be like a sled dog or be wow. in front of a sled or something like that and i thought this is strange because this is like a husky and i thought they already are like sled dogs and but but then when i told the owner then she said yeah yeah he's never been in front of a sleigh or anything and so so it was like correct and i was really surprised and then i started to read about it more and find out more and then just uh, training and training and training doing it doing it doing it and then I always had like animals I never met and people I never knew or met. And I just had the picture of the animal and then started writing about it. And, and then I just uh, got the confirmations from the owners that it, it's all true what I'm saying. And so, so at some point, like, like the first times when I did it, it was always like, I well, I'm thinking, I'm just crazy. Am, am I not crazy, right? <laughs> but then when I, when I got stranger and stranger confirmations from the owners, then I kind of knew, okay, I, I cannot imagine this anymore. Like, this is real. Like, this is actually real. And then I got more and more confident doing it. And now I'm, now I'm quite experienced. I have done it for many years and gotten a lot of great feedback from my clients. And... Wow, that's amazing. It, it almost reminds me of remote viewing, the technique that yeah, somebody yeah. uses for remote viewing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of the same that you just kind of go into a meditative state and quiet your own thoughts. And then you can kind of connect to the animal 
if you have a picture or you don't actually need a picture but it helps you kind of focus and then you just kind of connect from the heart center so you don't so much use your brain but you use your heart and then then you just start receiving what the animal is saying or maybe not saying but they they use like uh well some animals do use language like they know words and they can send you words and sentences and things like that but some animals actually use more pictures that they send you pictures or or like a little video or something that's happening or or then they can send you like feelings or impressions or if they have like a pain they can send you this pain or so it where it is in their body or something like that yeah so there's, there's a lot of things uh, happening <laughs> at the same time yeah that's what i was gonna ask you as far as pain that has to be so amazing to be able to communicate and figure out because we don't know really what our pets are experiencing they could be living with something we, we never realize you know yeah yeah i've had quite amazing success like it's called body scanning and i found out about it in a book about animal communication and they were kind of introducing this technique of body scanning that you kind of like go inside the body of the animal and you can do it uh you can make yourself like a tiny tiny little human or a tiny like speck of light or something and then you just go in in from the head like from the forehead you just picture a small door you go inside and then you are inside the animal's body and then you just start going around it like going around i usually start from the head and go to the ears and go to the eyes and the mouth and look at the teeth and and then i just go around the, the body and all the organs and muscles and joints and skin and everything and then i just kind of um feel how it's feeling and then i can also like go into the animal's body and feel how the animal is moving and try different positions like try to jump or try to sit down or lay down or or go on the sofa or something and then i can feel if if there's something going on and usually i i get uh, uh impressions when there's something in an organ or something or if there's something in the teeth or something like that and it's been amazing really because uh, a lot of times if people don't know what's wrong with their pets it's kind of expensive to go to a vet and try to start to take tests it, it costs a lot of money and so it, it's really great if you have an animal communicator and they can kind of do the body scan beforehand and tell you where the problem might be of course i'm not a vet and i cannot diagnose anything so i never say like your dog has cancer or anything yeah. like that but but i can tell them maybe you should like uh focus on this area of the body and do this and these kind of tests and then the owner can go to a vet or go to physical therapy or something and then they can kind of find out more about it and i actually work with a physical therapist who does also osteopathy for dogs and uh, she has uh, referred to me some cases that are difficult for her to treat because she doesn't know what's wrong 
or what she should do. And then she just uh, asks me if I can do a body scan, if the owner agrees. And then I just look at, uh, at the body and then I tell her, well, you should maybe consider this area, that this is, this is the problem. And then she treats it and then she's had success. So wow. it's, it's quite amazing, yeah, really. So like one time, one time she had a dog and he had like a problem in his, I think his legs, I don't remember <laughs> where it was exactly, but in the back, back in the rear end. And she was uh, treating the leg and it never got any better. And then she asked me if, if I can find out what she should be focusing on because it didn't give any results, the treatment. And when I communicated and did the body scan, I found out that the, there was something in the chin, that I was focusing on the chin. And I told her, like, like I get the feeling about the chin that you should maybe focus there. And then the next time the dog came to her, she was uh, like manipulating the, the chin and treating the chin. And then the leg got better. So it was quite unbelievable wow. <laughs> yeah so yeah that's that, awesome. that, that's amazing that that reminds me of something um uh so my mom had passed away and my my cousin she was having this terrible pain i don't remember if it was her back i think it was back pain or i don't remember what it was um uh, but she was going through the terrible pain she was seeing doctors and they were trying to treat the back they were trying to treat the back blah 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 and she went and saw a medium and through the medium, uh, my mother told her that the birth control she was using was causing the back pain. And she had this, it was something that she stuck in her arm. It was, I forget what it was. So she removed that purely because of what she got through the, through the session and her back pain stopped. So mm. it, it, it's very similar situation. You. It, you never relate the pain to, you know, to another part of the body. Sometimes you just don't think about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So are you able to do this? Like, so you're in Finland. Can mm -hmm. you do this remotely to my, say my dog? Or do yeah. You... Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter where the dog is physically because you just connect on the heart level. And so, because we are all, connected i kind of um talk about that we are like in a grid and you just uh it's like a radio receiver or television you just kind of focus on the one signal coming because all the signals are coming all the time but we are not like open to everything but but at the moment i just focus my energy on the one signal coming and then i can get the reading it it doesn't matter where the dog is or and also i i, I do communications with uh, animals who have passed on so so it doesn't matter if it's alive or dead or anything like that it's kind of the same rules that apply if you want to call them rules for reiki or any any energy healing you remote viewing it doesn't matter the distance yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah that's so interesting to me, uh, the deceased pets, um, that you can communicate with them. I've, I, I find that fascinating. I just mm -hmm. find it fascinating. 
Um, yeah, it's it's my favorite thing actually, communicating with diseased animals because it's just so amazing what they can tell you about the afterlife. It's amazing. <laughs> like like I'm really excited to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> like really, like I have no fear of death anymore. And and just every day because I get to do it almost every day. Like like communicating with someone who's dead, and it's just like like the places they they have and the things they can do and and it's just the love is amazing and they are so full of love and forgiveness and and they are guiding their humans and they are there for them and they are just like like it's so amazing i cannot tell you enough how amazing it is so <laughs> really excited to die guys <laughs> man well i wow. think i honestly i think a lot of us going through this awakening once you understand that aspect of life and what happens when we die and there is some you know it's we live forever essentially mm. uh that fear does dissipate it goes away and it's not so bad you know yeah, yeah. fulfilling a mission here and you know you just have to kind of trust that uh whatever happens is meant to happen you know however you may uh pass yeah it, yeah exactly it's just exactly. a transition and it is exciting because who what what lies beyond you know mm, yeah yeah it's so amazing yeah yeah have you ever had a pet that's like angry with their owner do you get that kind of message yeah a lot a lot yeah because uh one of the reasons people contact animal communicators is that they have a problem with their pets that's the most common reason and yeah <laughs> there can be a lot of issues with cats especially when they are like pooping on your pillow or something like that so <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is so man you're tapping into a whole new realm here yeah, uh, yeah. So many people I can think of who would love to talk to you. And mm -hmm, yeah. I, I'm curious <laughs> what my dogs have to say about me, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 Some people are kind of uh, apprehensive because they might have a fear that they're, if the, if the dog can speak, well, if he tells he doesn't love me or I'm not a good owner or he doesn't like his life with me or something like that so so some people are a bit apprehensive actually yeah or who know yeah they might be oh up, yeah i can totally see that yeah they might be up to no good and they don't want the dog ratting them out yeah <laughs> or that there's a there's a phrase if walls could talk to uh spill the lies we'd see the world through devil's eyes yeah, yeah. kind of it's kind of like the fly on the wall type of thing. Your dog sees everything you do, or your pet, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's 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 interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the and the animals are kind of like, or the animals we live with, like dogs and cats and and pets. Actually, they are here to kind of mm, mirror us in a way, especially dogs. And so when I, when I get a reading of the animal, I'm actually getting a reading a lot about the owner, actually. So th they can get a message about how to be like better humans, <laughs> actually. So it's, it's often that the animal has some kind of message for the owner of how they should change themselves or how they should change their own 
like emotions or or behaviors or something like that so it's actually profound for the owners to get the message from their own pets that this is what you need to do in your life <laughs> like like yeah. you need to change like this and this and this so so it it's actually really profound for people to, wow. to kind of get this from their pets that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah so uh we're definitely gonna have to let people know how to contact you at the end of this because i'm sure you're going to be getting some calls yeah 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 <laughs> hopefully <laughs> one of them will definitely be me <laughs> great i i can just start talking to your dogs yeah no yeah i'm not <laughs> scared I, I know i know for a fact my one uh maya my one dog she came into my life to teach me unconditional love like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I just know it. I've gotten the message. I have an amazing relationship with my my dogs, and I know that that's the message. That's what she's here to teach me, is mm -hmm. that aspect of unconditional love, which a lot of the world needs to doesn't truly understand, and I didn't either. Uh, it's something. It's a process we all work on, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah and that's that's the that's the message uh that they mostly have for us because animals are they are capable of such love that we are not capable of it's just that simple that people people are somehow we are not capable of that like you have to be a saint or something to to be able to do that but animals do it naturally and and they are kind of here to teach us to love ourselves and and kind of be who we are and not not care about what other people say and think and and be kind of kinder to us and yeah things like this yeah <laughs> like charlie did to me so that's kind of what what my book is all about so this message yeah did you want to go into that at all or do you want to save it? For yeah, we can, for we can reason? talk about it. Yeah. 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 We can talk about it. I can, uh, maybe I can go over a little bit my life story. Yeah. So, uh, I was, uh, I'm now 41 years old and, uh, my childhood wasn't very, um, happy. And well, when I was a teenager, I was already like, in survival mode I, I was only surviving day to day and kind of relying heavily on myself so i didn't have anyone like giving me support or anything like that and our family had always had some dogs and mostly labradors and retrievers and and i was always like having this thought in my mind that that i want my own dog when i'm like grown up and living on my own and and well uh then i got a dog when i was like uh living on my own and yeah but it didn't work out so well <laughs> this dog was like a nightmare Aww. and he was a yellow lab and i got him as a puppy and from the moment I got him, it was like like a nightmare that he was so hyperactive and and so like he wasn't aggressive, but he was just excited, like so excited. And he was like using his teeth a lot and he was grabbing like onto my biceps or 
my hair, pulling it or with his teeth or on my jacket or something. And, and he had a lot of strength and stamina <laughs> and I didn't have it. And, and I tried like everything, like, like I went to trainers, I went to training camps. I, I tried like exercising him like crazy and doing things like, like all kinds of things that I know knew and that other people told me to do. And I, I like tried everything and I was just at my wit's end and, and it was horrible for me. And at the same time, I was going through my memories that I started to get memories from my childhood that I was actually molested and raped when I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it, it just, it brought me so much shame as a person. I thought that I'm not worth anything. Like, like I'm, I'm not worth love or anything like that. I don't deserve anything good. And, and if people find out uh, what a shit person I am, then they are just going to abandon me. And, and that was my line of thinking and feeling. And, and then I was just, um, had to deal with the dog and had to deal with my problems and it was just all all coming together at the same time and it was just really really difficult and the walks with the dog they were just like like I was walking the dog crying and the dog was just on my bicep like biting me (laughs) the whole time Mm -hmm. and I just tried to like get on with the dog and and it, it was so horrible and i tried a lot of things and nothing worked like i didn't have any kind of connection with the dog i could not get him to calm down and and i was like um well i didn't want to give him up like like that's not me if i take an animal i i am like not giving it up but i will tell you that that if i was a different kind of person i would have given him up when he was six months like like uh, it was so hard but then um i got introduced to the dog whisperer i i read some books of the dog whisperer caesar and and yeah and i saw saw some um videos and and then i was kind of interested because he told uh he had this saying that that you don't get the dog you want but you get the dog you need Mm. and then that kind of stuck in my head and and I started to implement a lot of his his techniques like like I understood that it's it's unfair because I had this expectation that this puppy would be there for me that it would be like for me because not I had no one else I didn't have any people and I couldn't trust anyone I, I had major trust issues and I was kind of thinking that the dog would be there for me to love me and and would be someone to take care of me and it it was kind of selfish from me to to think that and then I started to understand that it's actually the other way around that I have to be the pack leader I have to be the strong one I have to guide this dog this puppy and it's it's actually wrong of me to expect that from a dog and, and so, so I kind of changed my thinking on that. And then, then I started to learn about these holistic healing modalities for dogs. My family had always used homeopathy when I was younger. I, I always used that as a child. 
and it it helped me a lot and and i uh, we had an old lab when i was growing up and he he lived like four years uh, more with homeopathy than he would have with only like normal veterinary treatment mm, nice. and so i already knew that this is something that really works and so i started to learn about like there was a, a course for becoming a holistic healer for animals and i attended the class and it was really interesting and i learned a lot of new things like about raw feeding and things like that and then i started to implement on my dog and i changed his diet he had been uh, eating some kibble and some minced meat and then i started to feed him only raw meat and bones and Ooh, something happened because he his ear got like red and swollen and it started to excrete and and he was just miserable and there was something happening and and they have been talking about this um detoxifying reaction that it can happen if you if you change the diet and so i thought okay this must be it and then i just stuck with it and it took two weeks and by the end of the two weeks after the uh, i changed the food the dog was like sitting there and looking at me and asking me what do i do now and i was like amazed because i couldn't believe it because i had no contact with it before like nothing it was like running around the room just jumping on people jumping like taking like going so fast it 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 ran on the walls actually because it didn't touch <laughs> the floor it was so <laughs> just like running around like crazy yeah yeah and and then after the two weeks it it just it magically like he just started listening to me and, and i could actually train him and do stuff with him and it was amazing and so i started to do this for other people's animals and and started to get really good results like like the most of the uh issues that they have are like allergies and bowel disorders and things like that and it really helps and so but yeah but but my uh, kind of feelings toward myself weren't as easy to solve because i was still having this this shame and this guilt and all of these negative feelings and and i i had met my husband like a year before i got the dog and we had been together for a year when i got charlie and i was kind of uh, dreaming about getting married and like having a relationship and all those things but but i couldn't let myself have it because i thought i'm such a bad person that i don't deserve this like like my husband is going to leave me at any point like like he could leave right now like like i don't know like i i cannot make any plans like with getting married or something like 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 he's not go going to marry me and and when i was dealing with charlie's issues then i think that somehow helped me get over the shame because i felt also really ashamed about the dog because the dog was so like a devil and and when but i had to go out with the dog i couldn't stay inside so i couldn't kind of block myself off from the rest of the world i had to go outside every day 
like three times a day. I had to walk the dog. And so I went out and I felt this shame. And, and, and then it kind of came out because I think uh, it was the main thing when you have shame and when you feel bad about yourself is just feeling those feelings and feeling them with other people noticing. So if you yeah. just close yourself off and just stay home, then it never goes away. You never get that experience that it, it's easier. And so when, when I had to go out uh, and kind of face the world and still feeling like shit, uh, but then it kind of got easier and easier. And then uh, at some point, uh, Charlie started to behave really strange. And he started to get ill like like his head would shrink and we were kind of wondering about it and and then we went to an osteopath and she actually told me that this is some kind of uh, strange disease that actually has a name and and I was like okay we we have to go to a wet and and just find out about it but it had been happening like like slowly and gradually like like he lost all his muscles in his head he only had like the skull and the skin on the skull <laughs> it looked like really eerie and and we the wet, wet kind of um said to us that okay there's there's not much we can do like it's already happened and we don't get the muscles back so there's actually nothing to do because he is not in pain clearly and he could still eat and eat bones and things like that. So there wasn't any problem with that. But but I was really afraid of losing him, that he is going to die. And and it was really hard for me. And then, um, then something strange happened. Uh, because I had already been to the animal communication class. And I already knew about that. And then one one friend... Uh, who is actually a ma masseuse for, for dogs. Uh, she came to visit me. And Charlie was always really excited about people coming over and he just like jump on them and, and <laughs> pester them, like never giving up. And he came to the, uh, when we were on the hallway, he came there and he was really excited and we were just talking and, and then suddenly he just poof, lay on the ground like flat on the ground and then he went in the other room and i was like this is really strange like he never does this when people are coming like like he never goes away on his own and and then we were just talking with my friend and then she left and that evening she sent me a message and she said uh, i i have to tell you something because this has been bothering me that when I was at your place, I heard a noise in my head and the voice said, my, my face is itching, please tell Anna. Wow. And then, then I was just like, uh, she said that, that she was like taken aback and she was just thinking to herself like, no, no, I'm not going to tell her that. Like, like, no, I'm just going crazy or something. And then the dog just like went flat and went away. And so he was trying to tell her something to tell me, but, but because she rejected him, he felt really bad and he just went away. Like he felt really re hurt and rejected. And so, so then I asked my friend, okay, 
can you do it again? Like, can you contact him? And can you like ask him what he wants to tell me? And she did it. And then I, then I got the message from her. And, and actually it was something that I have been thinking to myself that this is the, the message that he has for me, but, but I was too afraid to kind of face it. I'm getting emotional, but, but yeah, um, the thing he wanted me to do was that, that he wanted to me to know that, that he loves me unconditionally and that I have to accept this. I have to accept his love and he doesn't take no for an answer. Mm. And for me, it was always like, like I thought, okay, um, I don't actually deserve this kind of love from anyone. Like I couldn't take it from my husband. I couldn't take it from any therapist or anyone like, like anyone ever. And so I didn't take it from Charlie because I only, only wanted to love him. I didn't want him to love me back. And so, so he kind of forced me because he was, he was emaciating himself. Like, like if I, if you don't uh, accept my love, I'm going to die. I'm going to emaciate myself. And so it was a really hard thing for me. It, it, it kind of tore me apart inside, but I had to, I had to, I understood that I have to let him love me if I, if I want him to live. So, so it was really hard for me, but, but I, I accepted it in the end. Wow. It took a long time. Wow. And then after I did it, after I could accept it, then I, was able to start to plan a wedding with my husband and it's actually we've been married for four years now we've been together for for 14 years so we were together for 10 years before we got married and my husband had asked me to marry him five times mm -hmm. and I always told him you are not seriously you don't want to marry me I, I don't believe you and he always asked me again and again. And then on the fifth time, I was like, okay, <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> but it was really hard for me to believe it. And so Charlie was at the wedding ceremony with us and he was our ring bearer. And then uh, after the wedding, it was like a couple of months and then he passed on. So I think it really was his life's work to get me in a loving relationship and kind of see it through that I, I actually um, give this to myself. Like, like, yeah, and then, then he passed on and that's kind of the story of what he wow. did to me, yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible that what an animal can do, uh, what a yeah. pet can do. I, I think uh, it's just how many people are missing the message, you know? People, people, dog owners, pet owners, cat owners, whatever, uh, you know, they mm, just, yeah. they, I don't even think some people realize you can communicate with animals, you know, people, people just see it as, they see this separation, they don't actually see it as somebody you can actually talk to. Like, oh, they're just mm. an animal, but yeah. they're, they're a fully conscious being. Mm, yeah, yeah. Emotions just like us, and mm -hmm. and just because they can't speak, but like you said, you can actually communicate with them telepathically, or they can send you 
messages and stuff. Mm, yeah. Uh, tap into that. So. Yeah. yeah. That's so mm -hmm. cool. I so I I um uh, I think that's a beautiful story. I'm I'm definitely interested yeah, to learn. That's, that like I was seriously like tearing up. That <laughs> yeah. was. Oh. Well, I think so many people can relate. I think so. Mm -hmm. many, if if people are, take the time to listen to this or read the book, you know, and the right people will be drawn to it. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I believe yeah. that. Uh, so people are going to relate, and because we all love our pets, uh, but now there's a new aspect that you're bringing to the table uh, that that can change somebody's life. You know, mm, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's amazing. I and and it makes me wonder: Do you receive messages from wild animals for people, or is it only pets? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I've tried it myself sometimes, and I've tried communicating with dolphins and with birds and snake one time. And yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, but it's different because they they are not so in tune with people like like they are not they don't have the connection that our pets have to us like our pets are like there all the time so of course they want to talk to us but but wild animals are a bit different but but you can have a conversation like with the snake or even with the spider or something <laughs> yeah wow, and you can actually if you want to like uh, connect on a deeper level with a certain animal you can uh, actually connect to the uh, whole species like you can connect to the species of a dog or species of a deer or species of a whale or something and yeah. you can get the kind of connect uh, on a more general level as a human and see what what this species has to tell human humanity and so this is actually something that you can also do wow so i man that i just have so many questions like let's just say like okay somebody does like every day like yeah, i see this deer every day or i see this i see a hawk or, or just something every single day it's they can't, you know, I, I understand animals have messages. You can even just Google it and mm -hmm. and look up what the meaning of the significance of seeing a hawk every day means. Mm. Uh, I'm just curious if, if, they, if you know, if you, there's a specific animal you keep seeing, if you could tap into that. Mm, yeah, yeah. And get yeah, that message, yeah. Yeah. No. I uh, one time I went to a park near me that uh, there's deer everywhere. They're not allowed to hunt on this land. It's a national park, so it's like a deer sanctuary. They're uh, they're pretty comfortable with people, and I just went and sat down and just observed them. You know, I don't know how far away I was, and I was just observing them for quite some time. And I was kind of like scooting a little closer, seeing how close I can get, but being real subtle. And the next thing I know, the deer pops up. Uh, she was bedded down. She pops up and starts walking straight towards me. And my first initial reaction was like almost to like run, you know, like, oh, crap. But then I just I said, no, this is a good thing. I just I just let everything, all the fear melt away. And I sat there. 
and let her walk right up to me. And she came up to me and started licking my toe, my big toe, <laughs> wow. a wild deer. And she just and she wow. hung, and she hung out in front of me and was just eating grass right in front of me. I could have reached out and pet her if I wanted to. I have pictures of it because I had my phone out, so I was taking pictures of her licking my toe and stuff. Uh, it, it's amazing what you can do and how close you can get with an animal if you had the right mindset. And they can sense yeah. that. They can sense that in people. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. What a story. <laughs> yeah, there's a documentary, actually, I can give a recommendation. It's about this uh, South African uh, animal communicator who's also called Anna. Her name is Anna Breitenbach. And there's a, a documentary about her. It's actually called like Animal Communicator or something like that and it's it's just unbelievable like like she goes someplace and all the animals come to her mm. like like if she goes in a like a stream or river all the fish come to her if she goes like somewhere all the birds like come to her and it's like it's it's unbelievable to watch it's it's so amazing like wow. she has this connection and she goes into a, a pack of wild um like some, what are they? They are like baboons or something. Like like these large monkey type animals that are actually dangerous to people. So she goes into this pack and just interacts with them, and it's like it's so amazing. <laughs> you have to watch it if you can uh, find it somewhere. Yeah, if yeah. you if you could think of the name, we'll we'll even put the link in the description. Yeah, I can I can write it down so yeah I remember. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, definitely want to see that. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm, I, I couldn't remember the exact term. So you said that you were um, a consultant on a hypnobirthing and childbirth educator as far as um, uh, expert of uh, survivor of childhood sex abuse help and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I if you wanted to go into that um the, what, what hypnobirthing what I'm, I'm sorry if anybody listening knows it, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is yeah so i'm i'm a doula so i can explain what that is that is a person who is uh, by your side during pregnancy and during childbirth and then also beyond and it, when you have the baby and usually i'm on call and well, I, I prepare the mother and the, the partner for the birth. And, and then when the birth starts, uh, they call me and then I go to the hospital or if they have a home birth to their home. And then I'm there the whole time until the baby comes. Like, like I told Aaron when we started, it, it can be one hour or 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm there <laughs> the wow. whole time. And, and then... Um, yeah and then then i'm kind of i kind of have studied a lot of things having to do with childbirth and how to make it easier more painless and like relaxing and things like that and one thing i came across was this hypnobirthing and it's a method that uses kind of uh, relaxation techniques and self-hypnosis that you teach the mother beforehand how to relax and and kind of go into this hypnotic state and then uh, 
when when she's giving birth then she can go into this state and it actually makes the birth more like easier and pain more painless you need less pain medication and it goes faster and it is much easier and safer so oh. so it's really a gentle way to birth your baby yeah i'm gonna i'm, gonna have, nice. to try, I'm gonna have to try that <laughs> yeah if you have it if you have children then then yeah. it's definitely worth it yeah. and it it also is good for the dads because hypnobirthing also the coaching is also for the dads or the partners to be more much more involved in the birth when they are at the hospital the dad knows what to do and how to be of support for the mother so it's actually the dads love it when they have been to the class like right. when they come they are a little bit like hypnobirth i don't know uh, when they <laughs> get into it then they are like really like yeah <laughs> great <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that, that. That is awesome because uh, you know that's something every guy could probably use a little assistance uh, in that field. Yeah, um, yeah. So as far as the uh, you you help out with children who have suffered sex abuse, is that correct? Uh, more like adults who have been been abused in their childhood. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm an experienced expert. So that's like a person who has been through some kind of trauma or it can also be like a physical illness or something that you got something that you had problems in your life and you've kind of come through it. And then you go to this training and then you become uh, an experienced expert in that subject. And then you can kind of consult on it with uh, like other people who have gone through the same thing or then consulting with professionals who help with those people and kind of telling your story to help other people so that's that was something that uh, i had a passion for because i really want to tell my story because i think it really will help a lot of people so so i wanted to do this training to kind of get into that and I, i've done it a little bit i just uh, graduated uh, last spring so so it's quite new Oh. for me but but i've done it a little bit i've uh, been to some lectures and uh, some events and it's been really good feedback so so i'm really pleased i can do it yeah and and those are the people the people with the experience these life experiences are the ones who end up being the the, the teachers or the therapist or whoever you know because how would you ever know how to give someone advice or help somebody through something unless you had been through it yourself? Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, in my life, I didn't get the help I needed. Like, I, I really didn't get, like, any good help. So, so I am kind of an expert on how not to treat someone with these <laughs> problems or how not to help them <laughs> because it didn't help. So I, I always tell my story that, that when I was a teenager, I started to be more and more depressed. And then I had a friend who called me one day and said that she had tried to kill herself. And then I was like, my first thought was, oh, I want to do this too. And then I was like, oh, I was like alarmed. Like, why am I thinking this way? That Like, this is not normal. And and I really like believe that, that this was the best 
thing for me like to kill myself and be done with it and and well but but that got got me to get uh search for help for myself and then uh my small town where i'm from it only had like two psychologists and one psych psychiatrist and so i went to one psychologist and told her like about my life and things and and i didn't know i have to tell you that i didn't know that i was abused as a child like sexually abused i didn't know it until i was 27 years old so i i had complete blackout like complete dissociative disorder i didn't know anything like that had happened to me like i knew i didn't have a happy childhood when i was growing up but but i didn't know anything about this so i i wow. of course i couldn't get the help for it because i didn't even know it existed it had okay. happened so so it was kind of difficult situation so but then yeah i went to the the also to the psychiatrist and he was kind of interviewing me about my symptoms and things and then he just told me yeah you're just a little bit depressed and there's nothing wrong with you and then they just kind of let me go and that was that but then uh, i moved away from home i started to study at university and it it was like horrible i couldn't sleep at all like months for months i couldn't sleep at all i was so anxious and so fearful and i started actually to go into psychosis because of the sleep deprivation like if you don't sleep for many months then then you are going to get psychotic that's just a fact and but i didn't tell anyone that i was having these symptoms that that i was seeing things and i i was like it it was horrible and i was still going to classes at university and doing all the things to study like like i didn't know how to take a break uh, because i was just this was my mode of survival just i just go forward go forward go forward i just do the things i do and and i never stopped like if i would have stopped then i would have like crashed down like really hard but i just kept going and but then i went to another psychiatrist uh, from the university and they were only like interested in giving me some medications and i always went there then i said i i need some kind of help they said well do you want these pills i said no i don't want any pills i i want like therapy or something like like talk to someone or something uh, okay we will see i'll make a new appointment in two weeks okay then i wait for two weeks my symptoms get worse and worse then i go again then she uh, again asked me do you want these pills i'm like no i don't want any pills i want something else okay i'll make a new appointment and then this just continued and continued and continued until i gave in and took the pills and it was this uh depression medication and okay i took the pills for some time they didn't really help they didn't do much like they just numb you down like like it didn't help me at all and so then at some point i just said well i'm going to quit these pills because they are not helping me but then uh the doctor told me you can just quit them like this like cold turkey and it was like 
the most horrific thing ever. Like I got such uh, withdrawal symptoms. It was like I was uh, withdrawing from heroin addiction. It was wow. so horrible. It was like uh, I was shaking and sweating and I couldn't sleep again at all for two weeks. And, and it, it was just horrible. And then I went to the doctor again and she told me, no, this cannot be because of the pills. Uh, they are not addictive. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, oh my right. God, like, like she's just like lying to my face and, and she's not believing me. And, and she w wanted to give me more pills for the insomnia, like, like take some sleep medication. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then I, no, I had to start the medication again because the symptoms were so bad. And then, then I actually uh, weaned myself off them like, like gradually. And then I, I got some acupuncture to go along with it so I, I could wean myself off the pills. Uh, but then um, actually uh, when I met my husband, I was like 26 or 27 or something. Uh, at that time, after I met him, because uh, uh, this, this is the thing, I had been in really like bad relationships. Like I was treated like crap and they were not like really good, good relationships. And then, then I kind of got this idea that, that I'm now ready for something better. And, and I told the universe, hello universe, I am now ready to meet a really nice man, please. And then after two weeks, I met my husband and when I met him the first time, I knew this is the person that I could spend the rest of my life with. And I was so scared that I was just telling him after our first like meeting, I, I told him, don't call me again. <laughs> like, don't no. call me again. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Because I was horrified because I actually knew that th this is the person like, like he could actually be the one. And, and I, I, I was so scared. I was so scared. But then, then after a few days, I was like, okay, maybe you can call me again. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then he did. And then we started dating. And then he but rejected then, him four times when he asked you to marry him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then uh, we went out for like three months or something. And I started to feel like worse and worse and worse. And uh, then I had a dream. And in the dream, I was packing my bags to go somewhere on a trip. And I was going to go to a foreign country and stay with the family. And when I was there, I knew that in the night, the father of the family will come into the room and do something to me. And then I woke up from the nightmare and, and I was like, I was shaking. I was horrified. And, and then I knew like, this is, this is not a dream. Like this has actually happened. And, and I was completely blank. I didn't know who this man was which country this was, where it happened, when it happened, but I knew this has happened. And so, so imagine my horror on that day when I woke up and I realized this. And so, so I was completely in shock. And then I kind of, 
I started to to have all these symptoms and having these flashbacks and and having these um, <clears throat> fears and and all these feelings coming up. But but it was really a mystery to me for a long time that that who is this man and where has this happened, and and I tried to kind of do some detective work like like finding out about my childhood like where have I been like who has taken care of me and and how they looked and things like that because I I had one clue only one clue it was mustache because I hate men who have mustaches like <laughs> not not like you Tyler because oh, you okay, have a beard okay. if yeah. you have a beard and mustache that's okay for me but if you only have a mustache and that's like something that that I almost throw up when I see it, and and it was like a reaction for me, like a bodily reaction, men mm. with a mustache. So I knew that this person has to have a mustache, and this was the only clue I had. So I was kind of uh, go, going over my childhood with my mom and just asking her like, which which men did have mustaches? Like, do you remember? <laughs> and we just went over everything. And, and still, I didn't find out who it was. And it, it was kind of bugging me. And and then um, there were some people who, who tried to help, like, like people, like one was that I called like a rape hotline or something. And try to explain my feelings and my fears and things to this person and she she also told me like like don't worry nothing's happened to you like like stop thinking about it like like there's nothing wrong with you and yeah this was the kind of re reception that, that I got but then uh, so somehow my mind kind of worked things out and and I got a little bit more clear and and then one day it just clicked and I knew exactly who it was and where it was. And and I knew that because when I was a child, we lived in another country twice. And then we always came back to Finland and went back again. And, and I had been at school in this other country. And, and I had some friends in my class. And then one summer, I went there during the summer holidays to this other country to this friend from school and stayed with her family for two weeks and then i remembered okay this is the two weeks that this is where it happened mm. and it was her father who, who was the guy that molested me and so so but i had completely blacked that out i didn't even remember that i went there and and then i started to compare like memories with my mom because the family also came to our summer cottage for a month after that and we compared memories like like my mom could tell me what happened like when that he was there and something happened and like this and then I said yeah I have this memory of this same thing but I don't have this person in my memory like I have like remove this person from from my memories like completely wow so so that is the way that the mind works when you have some trauma that is so bad that that you just erase it completely and so uh it was really um, interesting <laughs> process 
And then um, I went to the police. I actually uh, went to the police and told them about this. And I was kind of uh, expecting the local police here that they would be in contact with the police in that country and kind of move forward from there and and things like that. But instead, what the police did, they told me, you are just crazy. Like you, you are just imagining things and you just had a bad dream and there, nothing happened to you. Like, don't wow. be crazy. Like, and so this was the moment for me that kind of my worldview was kind of shattered to pieces because uh, it it was unbelievable to me how I was treated. Yeah. And so so it took me a long time to kind of get over that because I, I lost all trust because I, of course I, I already had no trust in people, but there there and then I I lost all trust in everything, like like the society in whole. I, I just lost all of my trust. And it was really bad and really hard to get it back like like to any kind of level and so <clears throat> yeah but i don't know how i got the the idea or the strength but but what i then did afterwards i thought okay the local police aren't going to do anything so i'm just going to contact the police in this country that the crime happened so so i just wrote them a letter and send it there and then afterwards i called them and asked them like did you get my letter and things like that and and it was really nice it was really healing for me because there was a male police officer um, who picked up the phone when i called and actually when i asked him about the letter he said yeah of course i remember this letter how can i forget this letter like this was so so touching to read this letter and so, so they took me really seriously and they investigated and, but unfortunately the crime, it was already like, um, how do you say, like, like the time limit was off, uh, was already gone, like to prosecute, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So, because it was so long ago. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, but I got the healing experience of, of being respected and listened and believed. So, so it was really important to me to do that, and and so so I could kind of move on from that. But yeah, wow. yeah. So okay, so you were talking earlier about the you know the the antidepressants they were trying to put put you on, uh, and we all know that all that stuff is addictive. Is addictive, you know. They, mm, we know yeah. the whole big pharma scam. We don't have to go into it, but. Uh, and you, so you said you were a, a holistic healer. So did like, was it that? What was the turning point? Like, what drove you to become look into the holistic healing aspect? Yeah, it was kind of my own experiences because I don't, I didn't get any help from the medical establishment. Like, like I got the pills. They made me like, like I was addicted to heroin. So it was no good and i eventually i got some therapy as well i went to therapy i went there for 8 years 
and I never felt any like change from it. So I can say that in my case it didn't work. The therapist was nice and yeah, I could talk to her, but but it was like I had such uh, deep um, issues with trust. So I, in these eight years, I never trusted her. So she actually couldn't help me. So, so what, so, what holistic, like what practices do you use now as far as um, something that like that you might be able to tell other people that they might be able to take from this? Yeah, I've used a lot actually uh, on myself. I've tried almost everything. Like, like, but um, when you have trauma like this, it's uh, stored in your body. Your body remembers, even if my mind didn't remember so much, but my body had all the trauma and the feelings inside. So it was really important to kind of get it out of the body somehow. So I did this thing called Rosen therapy. It's like this, uh, how could I say, a little bit like massage, but not so so intense. It just manipulates a little bit your like body and then gets rid of the, it kind of releases the, the memories that you have in your body. And it can release some feelings also. And that's one thing that I found very, um, very effective then i of course i used homeopathy it, it's used uh, holistically so it kind of treats you as a whole person so it, it treats your physical symptoms and your mental things and emotional things so that's that's one thing that i used a lot and um, also it's really important to have the right kind of diet and the vitamins, the omega-3 fatty acids, things like that. Because, for instance, um, you have to have enough vitamin B in your body because the B vitamins are help you deal with stress. And if you're not sleeping at all or having PTSD, so, so you are actually in such stress all the time. So it's, it's really important. And I used, um, for the insomnia, I actually used some homeopathy and then I used um, some herbal uh, remedies to get a little bit of sleep or a little bit relaxed. Yeah. And so, so that was good for me. And, and yeah, yeah. Then, then uh, later on, I have learned about um, hypnosis and I'm actually right now studying to be a hypnotherapist oh. and th this has been like really really um interesting because i now understand that that it's not if i if i have to go like eight years to some therapist and just talk about things it doesn't change things inside my mind it just doesn't because the trauma is on another level it, it's all, all of my childhood things, like the beliefs I have about myself, they are in my subconscious and I cannot access them by just talking about it. Uh, and mostly if people are really traumatized and they are kind of talk, forced to talk about it again and again, it just uh, amplifies the trauma. It actually makes it worse. So it's it's actually not good talking about it. Yeah. And so so for me the hy hypnosis and hypnotherapy has been really effective 
in kind of releasing some of those negative uh, beliefs about myself and and about my life and so so it's been really good and uh, i'm looking forward to helping other people with it because you don't need to go to hypnotherapy for years you just need like a couple of sessions and you're like much better off so so it's really more effective i think yeah well people it, it takes place on an energetic level and that's where people miss it you know actually when you if you want to vent about something or talk about your problems what you're actually doing is feeding that problem like you said over time because you're keeping it alive by talking about it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You're, you're yeah. keeping it alive. So every time you talk about it, you're feeding the negative aspect of that problem, and it, and it affects your life. So yeah. you're just in a constant... You're feeding it energy instead of releasing it. Yes. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. And there's, yeah. A, and there's an energetic healing that has to take place, which mainstream uh therapist and they doctors it's completely outside of their yeah it's outside their realm they just miss paradigm completely yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's why it's amazing that you're going into this because yeah that's how we heal and mm -hmm. there's a lot of suppressed emotions and stuff that will be released with that hypnotherapy uh, yeah hypnosis and that's where the true healing begins honestly yeah and and one thing i got like uh i was reading a lot about uh, se uh sexual abuse and things like that and how to heal it and there was some good advice in some books that i read and one thing that was really helpful for me was uh that that one book said that that you don't actually have to remember what happened you don't have to recover the memories to be able to heal from them that you only need to uh, deal with the feelings you have to go through the feelings that you have uh, regarding the trauma and when you have like released the feelings then it's okay you don't have to remember and i still don't remember everything like like i have some flashes and things like that but i don't really remember the whole two weeks that i was there sure. so and i i can say I'm, I'm healed from it i don't suffer from it anymore so i really can attest to that that it's actually true you don't have to remember well good congratulations yeah, yeah. thank you um yeah. so i guess we're going to start wrapping this up but before i have a question slash favor mm -hmm. so right now my dogs are outside the room scratching at the, <laughs> scratching yeah, at the door scratching at the, at the door. door trying to get in um as i'm was curious if you would be able to tap into my one of my dogs uh and and give me a give me a quick little reading on the on the air if it's okay with you if that's mm. not something you're comfortable with we do not have to do it well i can try it might take a little bit of time so i don't know how much time we have on the show because i have to be quiet for a while when i do it but okay well we don't have to i was i don't yeah. want to put you in a spot like that i was just curious yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> but i can definitely do a reading like afterwards i thought maybe so, you yeah. just like tap in and you know like yo, yo your dog's pissed at you right now <laughs> <laughs> um, no it's okay i just was curious i was really yeah. I was just curious if it was uh i wasn't sure how it worked 
Uh, but yeah, I will uh, be in touch with you. Um, yeah, okay. I have to let my dog out of the room. He, he actually wants to get out of here. So okay. just a moment. <laughs> my dogs went in, her dogs went out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so he was crying at the door because oh. he came in in with me, and now he wants to go to sleep. So <laughs> he you wanted know, it's, out. It's interesting. You said like your your pet is like a mirror image of you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when you got up to go let your dog out of the room, uh, the picture of your dog was right behind. Oh, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just like <laughs> he just like took your place. Like that's. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. That's a picture of Charlie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So now I have now I have a different dog. It's uh, actually a, a Labrador Golden Retriever mix, and he's kind of a perfect dog. <laughs> like I got a perf perfect dog. Like he came to us when he was three years old, and he was just perfect. Like, like I don't even know why why the people wanted to give him up because he, he was so perfect. And I think this this is some kind of, like Charlie made this happen for me that this was kind of a present for me because I was so had so, such difficulties with him, and now I get this reward in this perfect dog. <laughs> so yeah. it's really nice. Very cool. Yeah, that that nice. didn't that that was arranged. I believe that was arranged. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, Things happen, like you said. There's no accidents or coincidence. You know, everything's mm -hmm, um, yeah. intervention, as you said, or however you want to term it. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and that's you know that's your reward, I guess, for for doing. And you you basically cracked, you know, solved the puzzle. It, you know, it was a mystery. <laughs> yeah. <right>? So, <clears throat> so yeah. that's that's very cool. Um, is there any? Uh, any last things that you want to leave us with before we uh, before we wrap things up? Mm, can't think of anything <laughs> right now, so I guess not. Yeah. How about okay? So if somebody wanted to communicate with their own pet, is this something everyone can do? If yeah, yeah, everyone can do it. It's something that's innate to us. Like like we are born with it. Every one of us. And we are just because society doesn't recognize it as a skill that you should like practice, then we kind of lose it after we go to school and, and become adults. So it's kind of like children do it naturally. And people who are like animal lovers who have pets, they actually do communicate all the time with their animals, but they are just not aware of it. So, so because they, their animals pick up what they are thinking. So, so, and they pick up what their animals are thinking, just yeah. like wow. without thinking about it. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's just like learning a new language that, that you just have to um, wire your brain kind of a little bit differently and, and kind of practice a little bit so that your brain gets accustomed to it. To, to kind of the new language and how it works. But yeah, everyone can learn it. So it's nothing special that, that yeah. there's nothing special about me to, to be an animal communicator. 
Yeah, I, and that's the same thing that remote viewers say and psychics and everybody, you know. When, yeah. it's, it's true, we all have the ability, but I definitely believe certain people are led down that path uh, mm -hmm. and it becomes more natural. Certain people are more naturally yeah. tapped into yeah. certain abilities. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone can learn how to do how, how to tap in it's just some people it comes more naturally yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah it's definitely um it definitely takes a lot more work for some people to do i, I, yeah. I mm -hmm. now as far as like my dogs i can like they have like 10 different looks i know which look, <laughs> i know which what they want if they look, you know i want i know if they want water if they want to go for a walk if they want to go outside yeah, yeah. It might be or if they're hungry you know uh sometimes i know so they, what they want right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know the look they just want to treat and that's it i'm like no i'm not falling for that one <laughs> and now there's like you're taking too long yes Don't exactly give me love <laughs> attention so i guess we're gonna go ahead and uh wrap it up do you want to tell us how we can communicate how people can get a hold of you if for a, a reading or a session yeah so you have my website uh, under the on the description yeah. and you can contact me on my website or on Facebook uh, or on with email it's anna.multanen at gmail.com so you can book a reading for your pet and it doesn't matter where you live I can do it with a just a picture of the animal so don't worry about that yeah well that's awesome that's amazing um yeah. like i said i'll be reaching out to you uh thank you so much for coming on um your story is amazing you really went through a lot but i think it was all for the best i honestly uh you know look at you now you're here helping you you've, you've turned around and now you're helping people so uh congratulations and you know we're proud of you definitely for for all that and thank you definitely yes. excited about reading the book too so uh thank you for coming on all the way from finland i'm yeah. so so glad you at two in the morning or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. thank you so much it has been such an honor i really love your podcast i'm listening to it all the time when i'm walking my dog <laughs> thank you so much thank you. that's awesome thank you I'm, well, we're, we're honored that you reached out to us and uh yeah. So sorry it took so long to get you on, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. No, it was perfect timing because the book just came out, so it was really perfect. Oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. All right, well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, obviously Facebook, Twitter. Uh, check it all out. Don't forget to uh, head over to AmiaRadiationBouncer.com or actually, better yet, click the link below. Yeah, and don't uh, head to. <laughs> yeah, don't go link. to the website. Click the link don't below. Get um, and uh, um, put, uh, check out the patches. Uh, get some patches, put them on your phones, your Wi Fi router, your smart meter, anything. Anything that's emanating radio waves, uh, microwaves, essentially. So. Uh, check it out. Um, you'll be helping yourself out and us. So, uh, anyway, good night and thank you for listening. Good night. Night, night. <laughs>